a, a man of God that has been faithful and, uh, you know, he's been in the uh, same church for 34 years, same wife for quite a while. <laughs> She's at home taking care of the church in Spokane. He's, he's uh, not only a great friend of mine, but they are, uh, Shelby and I, we consider them our pastors. I get to talk to him daily. And we, we talk about you and, uh, and challenges. You're not the challenges, we, but we talk about challenges and we talk about hardship. He has walked with us through hard times, celebrated with us in good times. Uh, not only is he our friend, not only is he our pastor, but he's one of our overseers. It's good, it's good too, to have Pastor Rick Jolly with us tonight. Rick, stand up. Where you at? Come on, Ricky. Hua, hua. He, he's also uh, one of our overseers. As a matter of fact, tonight's a great night for you. If there's anything about me that you don't like, there you go. Talk to them. Uh, but, but Pastor Sharkey is uh, just an, an amazing man of God, and it's our privilege to get to uh, let his voice speak into our lives tonight. Would you stand with me and give him a warm welcome as he comes? Come on. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm going to get something tonight. Okay. Go ahead and grab your seat. We don't have a lot of time. we got lots of things happening, and it's good. I feel like I'm home. Uh, spirit's the same. We, we are part of the family here. Mo, uh, many of you we know from man camp and just our different visits. Some of you have been up to our church on different things. Kids ministry, youth ministry. I like church. How about you? I, I'm not mad at church, and I don't just, I like church. I like, I live church, you know, 24-7. We don't ever leave it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not sad with it. I'm glad with it. I like church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I like church too. Amen. I like everything about it. God's good. And He, he loves His church, and He's got good things for your future. Just you personally, but He's got good things in the house. Let me tell you something. When the house is good, your life is good. Where the church goes, where the leadership goes, is where you go. So pray for your pastors. Believe me, I know it for a blue-eyed fact. You need pastors that are prayed for. Stay on course. Stay built up. Stay strong. It's like in football. Where the head goes, that's where the butt goes. So where the head goes, that's where, well, you go. <laughs> Just say it. Amen. You got good things going, dreams about facilities. God's doing marvelous things. I rejoice with you. I'm excited with it with you on that. It's good. The Lord is good. It is wonderful in his sight. Amen. Short time that I have, I just want to lay the book on you. How many love your Bible? Now, my wife is a big electronic Bible girl. 
I got it. I got about three of them. People bought me electronic Bibles, but I like this Bible too. How many got one of the real Bibles Jesus used? Right here. Jesus used this Bible. I'm so glad. Or one just like mine. He. <laughs> Amen. But you know, I got an electronic Bible. You know, you can really look up the references fast with those electronic things, and I do that. But this book here, I, it's, I just, it, it's kind of like my friend. That's where the book ought to be in your life. It'll be so familiar to you. The book is so critical. And Pastor referred to that. It's so important that you have the Bible in your heart because it's God's words to you. It's, it's, it's His thoughts. If you let them be more than paper, you let it drift in your spirit. It's like God's thoughts are living inside of you. The living word. It's a living thing. It, it's alive. It's quick and it's powerful. Fall in love with the Word of God. Let it be big in your eye. Read it every day just like the pastor said because it will make a difference. And, and you know, if you're just getting started on it, you just got a new Bible tonight, love that Bible. You know, I can't tell you how many Bibles I've had. I've had this one a long time because, you know, before I just kind of like throw oil on it and kind of throw it at some people and at the devil and stuff. Boy, I, I just, you know, treat it really good because I've had several Bibles. I've got a rack of them, just a bunch of them. And some of them, the pages are falling all out, and that's a good thing. Just buy a new one and update and agree, uh, go with it. Just let it be real in your life. Let it be real in your life. We're going to share out of the Bible tonight. The book says we're not going to go through scripture, scripture reference some, but you know the verse. Jesus says you're the light of the world. You're salt and you're light. You need to really capture that. And you're not, don't let yourself be a dim bulb. Be a light. That light is a big light. It's the same one that, that, that light dispels darkness. You, it, it referred to Jesus was the light. And now he refers to you and I as being the light. We need to act like the, the, the theme of this, this series is, is, is don't be, let the world's culture be your culture. You're light. Don't act like it. Don't accept what the world says about you. Accept what God says about you. You are the light of the world. When you come in, you shouldn't cower back and say, oh, I'm timid. No, you say, I'm the light. Darkness goes away when light shines in. When we was, had one of our first buildings years ago, uh, down there, and, and we rented this in, in, um, by the Gonzaga district, and we rented this, this facility, and it wasn't really very much, and, and it was old. They blew it up, so it's, it was that old. But when we would come in at night and turn the lights on, we'd see the roaches run into the corners. It was that bad. It was that, that gross. Listen, you need to have the frame of mind. You need to be thinking, you're the light of the world. When you come in, the devil knows you're there. And he says, you know what? Billy Bob's in here. I'm leaving. Mary Jo's in here. I'm leaving. They're light. You have to think that way. Now, you know, here, here's, here's a great thought. You teach what you know, but you live what you are. You can tell somebody you're the light of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, until the devil knows you're just teaching something. But when you know it, you walk in there with a little strut. Not arrogance, but a little shoulder, shoulder back and head high. The devil knows who I am. I mean, Paul I know. Jesus I know. But who are you? Remember that place in the book of Acts. You've got to be that way. You're salt. You're light. You're never intended to be the back row. Second best to, to this world and the things of this world. You're the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Boy, it took me a long time to even embrace that thought. But you can embrace it. Let the words of God speak into you. 
You know, you're, you're, you're meant to make a difference. You're, you're a deal maker. You're, you you, you uh, change things. And you've got to know that. And you do that in a number of different ways as you go to the, uh, the, the epistle of John, 3 John, way back in the back of your book. 3 John and 2, if you want to look at that, that with me. Great verse. 3 John and 2, the second verse, only one chapter. It says, Beloved. Now, you can go religious with that word, but it's not a religious word. You know, you get people that speak a little bit of Elizabethan droll. You know, they'll say, Beloved. They'll call you the Beloved. And you know what? You missed the mark. Come on. It says, Beloved. That's what it is. God loves you more than you can compute and more than you know. And let God love you. And He loves you not in a way that He just pulls your sorry britches out of, you know, hell. But He loves you into relationship. He loves you into sonship. He loves you into His command. You're an officer in God's army. You need to think like it, act like it, and be driven to live like it. Be loved of God. Let God love you in a way that only He has the capacity. Big love. God's got big, endless, never-ending love. He says, so let's just drop the B. Let's just say... I'm loved. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm loved. So we say, loved, family of God, people of God, servants of God, handmaidens of God, soldiers of God, loved. He says, I pray. Now, the, the cross reference in my Bible, you probably won't have that in your electronic Bible, but my friend here has it. It says, I pray. I pray. Say so the word wish. Wish is kind of a secular flair to it. But it's I pray. I pray above all things. Not some things, not a few things. Above all things. So this is a pretty surmountable voice uh, uh, here for us. It's a pretty strong uh, verse. Loved, I pray that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul soul prospers. Those are key things. Above all things, these are important for God to love you with. That you prosper. God wants you to prosper in every facet of your life. God wants you to be loved, to prosper, and be happy. Let me ask you a question. How long are you going to live? The Bible tells you. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm planet talk here. Psalms 23, with long life. Or is it it's Psalms 91? With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. So I've, I've conditioned that. I mean, you didn't know it before, but I've conditioned my church because I asked them to them often, how long are you gonna, how are you going to live? And their response to me, quick and strong is, a long time. Why? Because that's God's plan. Because He tells you. How long are you going to live? A long time. So next time I come and I ask you how long you're going to live, what's your response? Long how long are you going to live? Long so see, we get religious uh, on this. We've read that, Psalms 91 before. How long are you going to live? I don't know. Well, when the book tells you you're going to live a long time. But why? Because He gives you health. Now listen. God's promised you a long life. So, you've got to cooperate with His will and not counteract it. You've got to take care of the old carcass. How many smoke cigarettes? Because I'm telling you what, 
You want to live a long time? You've got to drop the cigarettes. It has nothing to do with being religious. It has everything to do with being a good steward over your body. There's nothing to do. Oh, you smoke cigarettes. God's bigger than a pack of Lucky Strikes, believe me. He's bigger than, a, than, a, than a, a, a case of beer. But when you don't take care of your body, how in the heck are you going to proclaim I'm going to live a long time? Because you cooperate with God. I have to get up at about quarter, or about 20, 20 to 5, two or three days a week, to go to that sorry gym and work with that Nazi woman. How many know what I'm talking about? Why do I do that? Because I like it. Not, not my soul don't like it, but it's getting the picture. But I know I gotta take care of the carcass. Why? It's my role of stewardship. How, how long am I going to live? A long time. So wh- what? Do I, I gotta cooperate. I gotta. I gotta watch what I eat. The older I get, the more I gotta watch it. I just. I. I. I and I'm. I'm finally getting it. You don't have to wait till you're as old as me. You can get it now. And you've got to grab a hold of these things. God wants you to prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. You need to have God thinking in this thing and not world thinking. And the world programs us to think, I'm just sick and tired, I'm poor old me, sad me. And we get mad just like the world does. We get attituded up just like the world does. And that's just not right. God wants you to prosper. How many want to prosper? How big do you want to prosper? Big. How long do you want to live? So your soul, you need to have the same thing. So you mean you got to stop listening to the stupid. You got to stop listening to Sister Big Mouth, Mister Grumpy Pants. You got to stop listening to those people because they will program your head, and then you'll pick up a little thing, a little rumor, and you'll start spreading that stuff like it, and it's cancerous to your soul. It'll take you places you can't afford that. You can't afford. It. I have to work on my thoughts every living day of my life. Your, your, your carnal side, the man that don't, you know, the outside man, he wants gossip. He wants to hear the bad news. You know, he wants to hear about the airplane that they don't know if it crashed or landed in Pakistan over and over. How many times are we going to hear that sorry story? I'm done with it. Just tell me when you find it out. I'm done with the rumors. I'm done with the gossip. I'm done with the swine flu, MP1 or 4 or whatever it is flowing around. I'm going to live long, I'm going to prosper, and I'm going to have a prosperous soul. Prosperous. I want to deal with this thing tonight on you prospering. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be blessed. So blessed, like the song, the Hillsong used to sing, so blessed you can't contain it, so much you've got to give it away. We've got to stop thinking we're just barely going to get by. We've got to think, my God's made it more than enough. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You have, to, you have to capture that, not because you're creating it, but because God says it in His Word over and over and over and over. I have to condition myself. Because there's thieves out there. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's out there to rip you off, to put things in you. You're never going to make it. You know? and, and listen, friends. Put it to bed. I don't care if Obamacare comes in or goes out. My God's going to meet all my needs according to His riches. I don't care if they take the insurance plans and they switch them around, flip them up and down, turn them inside out and paint them pink. I don't care. My God's going to meet all my needs and i got long life. So you've got to wrap your head around this stuff because the world will take you on a journey you may not ever find your way out of. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health, 
even as your soul prospers. These things that above all, loved above all, these things work in your favor. And you need to have a, a diet of this in your life. You need to have a feeding of this and a reminding of this over and over. No better place to do that than right here in this book. I'm going to show you a few verses tonight. Why does God want you to prosper? Turn with me to Psalms 112. Why does God want you to prosper? Why does God want you to excel? We really got to go because time's flying. God, God want, why does He want you to have a prosperous soul? So you can just be comfortable. God wants you comfortable. God wants you in good shape. God wants you on top. God wants you to be a light to the world. He wants people to see like, wow, look what God did for this guy. But more than any of those things, God wants you to be an influence in this world. You guys are doing it. I mean, my hat's off. My, my, your, your pastor, we talk all the time. You guys are reaching things. You're doing junk in the trunk. No, trunk in the Halloween or whatever that is. <laughs> what is it? Trunk or treat. That's it. Yeah. You know, you're reaching your community. That's what we're supposed to do. Why do you prosper? To reach your community. Why do you have health? So you can run and, and not be weary. So you can do the work of the Lord. Why, why do you have a prosperous soul so you think like God thinks and not like the dummy world? Not like the devil. Thinking right. Got to think right. Psalms 112 is just a, a picture of this. We've got to look real fast. I'm the one that slowed down here. Psalms 112. I love this. I got it all colored up and all lined up in my, my Bible, my friend here. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man. He's not talking gender. He's talking spirit. Blessed is the soul. Blessed is the person. That fears the Lord. And that word fear is, is, is honorable to the Lord, is respectful. Blessed is the man that respects the Lord, that delights greatly in His commandments. Out of that relationship, what comes? Verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. How many are blessed in the house of God? Listen, if you're a tither, he says, I'll open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing upon you. You can't take it all. You're blessed of the Lord if you just follow the commands. If you just live in the book. Prove him out in this. Look at the next verse. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Wealth and riches. You know there's a distinction between that? Sometimes people don't know that. But there's a distinction between wealth and riches. You may have, now, you remember that uh, news here a while back? There's a, the, the owner of, of uh, Baltimore Colts. Isa is his name. He got busted. He's got, he's, got, he's got money. When he got busted, he had $25,000 in his pocket. He was drunk or doped up or something. And he raised $25,000 in his pocket, out of his mind, and got arrested for all of that stuff. He may have some riches, but that guy don't have wealth. You know what wealth is? Wealth is having the girth that God has in your heart. It has the knowing, whatever you need, God has a supply. A few years ago, I ministered over in England, and I went to um, the um, Windsor Castle. And that is um, the summer cottage for the, the, the royals in England. And I walked through just a portion of this castle and I saw centuries of, of armament and, and uh, tapestries and, and gold shields and all of this stuff. And I'm walking and thinking, man, this is wealth. Because it's multi-generation. It's depth. 
It's girth. You know, people think they, they uh, do a drug deal and they get $1,000 that they're, they're wealthy. They're not wealthy. You're wealthy when you have your future set. And you know where your supply comes from. And you know who's your helper. He's saying right here that you'll be blessed of God. Mighty shall be your family, your seed. Wealth and riches shall be in His house. You know, some people that don't have God, don't have the, the loved knowledge in their heart, wealth will tip them over. Wealth will get them a false sense of power. You can be broke and you can have the power of the universe deep and burning in your heart. But I'm telling you, if you hang around God long enough, He promises you things because he, you, you built a trust with Him. And you say, God, I don't want stuff. I want You. And if You give me tools, I'll serve You all the days of my life. That's what we're talking about. Going on. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. You know, the whole world is set up on debt. We talk about it all the time. We talk about the national debt. We talk about the interest rate so you can go into debt. Now, I, 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 when we built our facility in our building, we, um, we borrowed money. We borrowed lots of money. And um, I had a green light from heaven. God says, I want you to do this. I had a green light. And so we, we went into that. But in time, God kept putting this on. But we're going to pay this off. We're going to pay this off. We're going to pay this off. And in time, today, we're debt free. 30 acres, major corner intersection, and we're debt free. Because we just stuck with it. Listen, you may start off uh, uh, with, with, with baby steps, but if you stay in there and you reverence God and you fear God and you love God and you serve God, you'll overlook the moment time. You'll overlook the pressing time and you will bust through and you'll be like in the end of the deal. Wealth and riches are in you. And you've got the tools. You'll be the lender. You'll help people out. You'll be the source. You'll be the hope. And you'll be the answer. God wants you to live long so you can help people. God wants you to prosper so you can help people. He wants you to have a bright soul so you'll think right and you can help people. God does want to prosper you. But God, more than you, He wants you to just driving 15 cars, 16 houses, and, and a TV in every room. God wants you to be used of Him. Why is God going to bless this church? I know God's going to bless this church. Why? You're saying, God, we want you to use us. We want to reach our community. We want to build lives. God will give you all the tools that you need. All the resources. All the equipment. All the people. All the open doors. If you just keep your heart right. I want God to use me. Let me finish up this passage here. It says there, Surely he shall not be moved. The righteous shall not be moved. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see the desire upon his enemies. God will use you. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Be in health even as your soul prospers. God is looking for agents that he can just dump blessing on. And he can bless them and strengthen them. In Genesis, the 12th chapter, we won't go there, we don't have time. But in that part, he found a man by the name of Abraham. And he said, leave this home land. Leave this, your family, the herb Chaldees. And I want you to go to a place I will tell you. And if you do, I will bless you and I will protect you. And in you, said this to Abraham, and in you, I will bless the nations. 
See, the small thinker says, God, I want you to bless me because I want more stuff. But the big thinker plugs into what Abraham was heard, had heard. He says, I want to bless you to bless the nations. I want to bless you to reach people and touch people. The, the, um, the Psalms, no, no, excuse me, Malachi. God says, if you bring your tithe to the storehouse, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You cannot receive it all. So why, why, why would God bless you that much? So you can bless people. So you can help people. I tell you, you will be impressed when you, when you have somebody come up and help you when you did not expect it and there was no reason for it other than the love of God in your heart. You'll change their world. Back to Abraham in the 13th chapter. Look at this. Well, we don't have time. Genesis 13. It says, that, And Abraham was rich in cattle and sheep and gold and silver. Here he came out with nothing. And in just a short time, from chapter 12 to chapter 13, he became a wealthy man. And what was he doing? He was helping people. He was establishing and building his reservoir that all the nations of the world would be blessed. And if you read, the, let, let, let's page over there in our short time here. Galatians and the third chapter. Galatians and three. Verse 29. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? That I will bless you so great you can't receive it all. And in you shall all the nations of the world be blessed. If you just stay in, in the game, you keep your soul prospering, you keep healthy, live a long life, and you have that dream to prosper, then you will watch God give you wealth and riches, gold and silver. You'll build up a reservoir, not for your ego's sake, not for bragging rights, but for tools to be used of God in the last days. How many want to be that kind of people? You know, it, it's, it's, it's not for a lucky few. It's not for just a couple of people. Psalms 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Number one way that you're going to be prospering, living in health, even as your soul prospers, number one way is to give your life to God. No, I don't mean get saved. I mean give your life to God. God, I want you to use me. We sang the song tonight. God, I need, I, I need you to be first. I need you to be master creator. I need you to groom me and train me and teach me, just like you did Abraham. If you think about Abraham, Abraham didn't have a Bible. Abraham didn't have a pastor, didn't have an elder, didn't have a church, didn't have a synagogue, didn't have nothing. There was nothing. But yet God spoke to him. God taught him how to prosper and be in health, even as a soul prospers. If you will just let God use you, no matter what your background is, God will prosper you. God will give you health and God will give you wisdom beyond your greatest imagination. When I started, my, my, I was the seventh of eight kids and we didn't have very much. And I was taught 
debt was a good thing. What's your credit rating? You know, how much money can you borrow? Can I make the car payment? Can I make the house payment? Can I make the insurance payment? I was just taught indebtedness. But you know what? God doesn't. I found out later God didn't want me to be in debt. God wanted me to be a giver. God wanted me to be somebody that helped. God wanted me to give, give uh, uh, money and, and resources and part of my reservoir to build His kingdom. You've got to put that inside of you. I want God to use me. I want God to build through me. I want God to prosper. You've got to, number one, give your life to God. You own me, God. Everything about me. Number one, you've got to be a student of what God wants. How to, how to live a long life, a prosperous life, and, and, a, and a right thinking life. You've got to dedicate your life to that. Not just on Sundays, not once in a while, not Saturday night, but every day of your life. And the third thing that I cannot stress enough, you've got to know how to be a tither. God loves the cheerful giver. God loves the cheerful giver. God loves the how many people are cheerful when they're giving? You've got to know how to be a cheerful giver. A quick, it means quick, responsive, able to do it. Instead of just barely getting by every month, you need to grow out of that, develop out of that. You may be there right now. Everybody starts somewhere. I started out choking when they started talking about tithing. Because all I did, knew was debt. All I knew was the bondage of it. But I tell you, the words of God, the life of God freed me up. Number one, He saved my soul. He saved my life. And that was the biggest blessing I ever had in my life is to let Jesus come into my heart. Then the words of God started becoming alive to me. Changed me forever. Changed me forever. And then God taught me, it's important, God taught me how to love tithing. You could not stop Linda and I from here. We don't tithe a little bit. We don't tithe just what we have to. We tithe plus. And that's what God has done. And today, my wife and I, we are blessed people. And I'm grateful for that, for God. But I don't want to just be blessed and have nice stuff. I want to be blessed and give to missionaries. To give to feed the hungry people. I want to feed my neighborhood. I want to be used of God. How many has ever given a car away? Lynn and I have given about three cars away. We gave a house away to my mother-in-law. You know I'm a saint if I give it to my mother-in-law. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we, we did. It was great. We did. We gave our first house, our first uh, bought house to my mother-in-law. God has blessed us. But He hasn't blessed me for just my, my greed's sake. God has blessed me to be a blessing. I want to be like Abraham. I want you to be like Abraham. Put that in your Grab a hold of this thing. God wants me to prosper, be in health, even as my soul prospers. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. God wants you to build the kingdom of God. He wants you to build this church. I'm so excited about your new building. So excited about what's going to happen from that launching pad. You just don't know. Get in there. Get deep into this thing. And just watch God do great things in your life. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, I just pray right now that we know how to prosper, be in health, even as our soul prospers. That we won't have we won't have a, a, a greedy spirit upon us. We won't listen to this world that says, hold back and be restrictive. Be, be, be tentative. You want us in deep. You want us into all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Father God, I know that the enemy has put in barriers, thoughts in our lives to keep us thinking 
weak thoughts that we can't do that. We, couldn't, we can't tithe. We can't give. We can't share. We're embarrassed. We don't know very much. Listen, beloved. Beloved. We are the loved of You, God. That we can reach those things that You called us to. I pray for this house. Every man, woman, boy and girl, young, tenured, to receive the life of God, to be prospering and in health. The, the, the bondage of a poverty spirit, indebtedness, breaks off of them and you help them. That, Lord, they'll be the givers. They'll think outside the box. They'll think large thoughts, big thoughts, healthy thoughts about how to be used of you. That you prosper them to give them tools. You keep them healthy to be a, a, a long witness and, 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 and servant of your kingdom. And that they think right, Lord, and they hear your thoughts every day of their life. I pray for this house and I ask that you bless it. And Lord, today, if there's somebody here that does not know you, that they aren't stepping into religion, they're not stepping into bondage, but they're stepping into eternal life. I thank you, Father. You're dealing with hearts. You're dealing with lives. You're dealing with souls. And you're not going to leave them, Lord, to a, a, a wicked world, to carnal thinking. But they know what it is to be loved of God. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to—I want us to pray a prayer together before we leave. And I want to encourage you tonight: be loved. Maybe you've never really let God love you. We're going to pray a prayer. And if your life—you know what—if you're separated from God, maybe maybe you've never received Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've done it a hundred times. That's not the question. Are you letting God love you? That's my question. Are you in a real relationship with God? If you're not tonight, make this prayer that we're all going to pray. Make it your prayer. We're, we're not going to embarrass you. We won't call you out. But if you're sitting in this room tonight and say, you know what? I want to be loved by God. You know, it's one thing is to know that God's plan is to prosper my life. But can I just say that that, that prosperity isn't going to do anything for you without Him in there first. Take that first step. So if you're here tonight and say, you know what, Tom, that's me. I, I need to give my life to God. That's, that's the first step that pastor taught us. Give, give your life to God. If you're here tonight and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do that right now. Nobody's looking around. Just hold your hand up so I can agree with you in prayer. Say, that's me. Just lift it up real high. We're going to pray. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You can put it down again. Anybody else real quick? Just say, yep, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. So cool. I'm telling you, the best decision you're ever going to make is the one where you say, okay, I'm going to surrender my life. I, I give my life to you. When everybody in this room pray this prayer with me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys. Give God a big hand. Heaven's celebrating. Might as well join the party. Come on. Amen. Huh.
It's awesome. I want everybody to do this. Everybody reach and grab your worship guide. They gave it to you when you came in. Everybody pull out that worship guide. Open it up. There's some information in there. Locate this card. If you raise your hand tonight, I want you to locate this card, the connection card. I want you to fill it out for us. Where it says, my decision today, just mark the appropriate box. In a moment, we're going to receive tithes and offering. And when the bucket comes by, I want you to drop that in the end of the bucket. If you've got uh, a prayer request or a praise report, you can fill that out. Do it. If you're here for the first time tonight, please introduce yourself to us. We want to make a note of your visit. Just drop it in the bucket when they come rolling by. And, and, and uh, uh, But you guys that raised your hand, listen to me. We've... We've figured out that the spiritual life expectancy of somebody who just prays the prayer and leaves the building is almost a McDonald's. You can't do this God life thing on your own. If you'll give us your information, let us help you. We can almost guarantee your success. You don't have to join the church. We'd love to go on into eternity together. From now on, just lock and shield. That's not the point. The point is, is that this is the first step of a trip. It's not the end of the journey. So it's not just praying this prayer. Let us help you. And, and just fill that card out. And in a minute, drop it in the bucket. Maybe you didn't even raise your hand tonight, but you're sitting there going, I should have.